Hello, Anthony Chadwick from the Webinar Bet. Very fortunate today to have Camilla Edwards on the line. Camilla's a Copenhagen graduate, worked in emergency medicine for a number of years in the Cambridge area, got fascinated with ultrasound, so spent a lot of time at the Animal Health Trust learning more about that, and is now actually doing peripatetic ultrasonography in the sort of Cambridge, uh, Norfolk area. We, we've, I think we met for the first time, although I think we've been Facebook and LinkedIn buddies for a while at London Vet Show, didn't we? And it was obviously great to see everybody back there. But um, I was also particularly fascinated by, we, we saw uh, a company called Butterfly that are, are doing this new sort of technology for ultrasound. You must have uh, enjoyed going onto that stand and seeing what they're up to. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me on here, Anthony. Um, yeah, it was great to meet you finally in person and um, and many other people at London Vet Show. And yeah, Butterfly was is a really interesting new development in, in ultrasound um, in that they don't use piezoelectric crystals like the rest of ultrasonography does. They just use microchips so um, they can get a whole lot more out of one probe than any other ultrasound machine can. Um, so it's a really interesting new development um, that definitely need to keep an eye on um, because I think that's gonna eventually take over um, traditional methods of ultrasound. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, obviously this podcast series that we're doing is, is around COP26. COP26 has now happened. I, I do think that technology is gonna have a major impact and input into us sorting some of these problems out which i think can be sorted i think individuals and business are probably more important than government because government by its nature will always move quite slowly as well so it'd be really interesting obviously also to talk about you know your personal journey i know we we were talking before and you said that as a family you sat down a number of years ago to do an audit of the house and and your lifestyle and see some obvious easy wins do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about that yeah so that was um um try, trying to think how long ago it was but um it was when al gore was um you know doing his his big program about um climate change we we sat down and did an uh, an audit of the house and really assessed where we could um change things so we <clears throat> for example um, that's when we put in all the insulation in the house. We didn't have cavity wall insulation at that point, um, and our loft insulation was pretty poor. So we changed all of that, um, <clears throat> and then we also changed at that point our um, electricity and gas providers to more green um, providers. So um, Ecotricity, we we went with, and we've we've been with them for for a long time now. Um, and they they build um, lots of uh, new green um, resources, so that that was why we invested. And well, well, we feel like we've invested. We're we're um, yeah, we we've um, we've gone with them to provide our electricity and gas. And sometimes it's a little bit more expensive, obviously, because still I think the subsidies favour the carbon, uh, the oil and oil and gas in the production of of energy but it was really exciting again at cop 26 to see companies like scottish power 
they now all of their energy is produced by sustainable sources and and they don't have actually any nuclear either which i think is is really good um but often it you know and i do the same i go with good energy you know potentially a bit more expensive but it's the right thing to do it'll be lovely when we start to see that it's actually cheaper to do it this way and obviously we need oil and gas as we transition so we can't just suddenly stop everything but uh you know that that choice is a huge choice isn't it with gas and electric providers as well yeah yeah absolutely um so um <clears throat> certainly from from the electricity point of view i think we're we're doing we're producing a lot more green energy in this country you know we're having weeks over the summer where we're we're just using um green energy um as a country um so that that's great that that things are shifting um in in that direction um but if we can promote companies that really push for that um mm. by supporting them by being customers that that's a really important decision as an individual to make i know they were saying at the uh, scottish power that 25 percent of our energy is now produced by wind and if it's a very windy day it can go up to 50 percent obviously as a Dane yourself um I know Denmark leads the way in wind power as well so it's, it can get a bit windy up that neck of the woods can't it absolutely yeah well you know it's um difficult to to go anywhere without seeing um a windmill in, yes. in Denmark a modern windmill yes. <laughs> um they are everywhere and and particularly the big sea wind farms they've they've got lots of lots of those and um yeah, that's that's been a feature of the Danish uh, countryside for a long time. Um, I, I find find it a bit funny when people say, "Oh, they're, they're ugly things," because I th I think they're quite beautiful. And I think yeah. you know we're so used to these massive electricity pylons everywhere that um, I think you know in in a hundred years we won't they'll just blend into the the background exactly. like yeah. uh, like those do to us now. Yeah, brilliant. And I know you were a bit of a trailblazer at the time. Um, using a, a smart or a not a smart meter but it was a, a meter that you were able to hook up to your electrical supply and then work out what the difference was between you know boiling a full kettle and an empty kettle or yeah. having 10 lights on or having no lights on so those sort of machines are also very helpful and I know more and more people have now got as I have just over the last year um, a smart meter which is fascinating you know looking at how much energy you're using i also have solar panels and on some days i'm not using any electricity at all you know during the afternoon which is yeah is a good it gives you a good fuzzy feeling yeah absolutely yeah that that was a, a little machine that that you could buy and, and hook up to your electrics to to measure and then you could run and switch the kettle on and see how much it increased by so um, that was really useful for just getting a feeling of of what it means when you leave your lights on in in the house or when you um yeah when you when you boil a kettle that's full rather than the just the one cup that you need um so so that that really we we learned a lot from doing that um i guess i i do need to update that because we haven't got a smart meter yet um and i'm i'm really curious to know what my induction hob actually uses when i put that on on high level boil quickly um yeah. i i really need to know what, what whether that's using a lot of energy because we didn't have that at that point it's even i think it's 
it's mindful living, isn't it? It's thinking what you're doing, how that impacts other people. And as we saw from COP26 with the island nations, every little thing that we can do, you know, to save a few kilowatts here and there, if we all do it, potentially has a massive impact, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and it, it is tricky because, you know, we're all living, living life and life, mm -hmm. as you've said before, it's not black and white, it's grey. So it's about making shifts where you can in the right direction. Um, and for me, it's about um, habits, you know, it, having a habit of, of taking um, your own bags to the, the supermarket yeah. was was a strange thing you know 10 years ago and now now it's um much easier because well you have to pay for it so that that's been encouraged um and now it's now it's a normal habit but if we can just keep thinking reassessing what habits we could add um uh, that would be easy to add mm -hmm. you know take take the low-hanging fruit first um and and move move in the right direction and then yeah. just keep moving in that direction um that will make a difference i think this is where government can make a big difference I, I was talking to my wife this week and she said they're trying to ban plastic cutlery which yeah. again is just a really sensible thing and of course it was the government who brought in the five pence tax on plastic bags yeah. which i think reduced the number of bags by massively. 80 90 percent didn't yeah. it? it was a massive reduction and i was reading something where actually now that they trawl the bottom of the ocean they do this they've actually found there's a lot less, less plastic at the bottom around the british isles so it's had a, a huge you know, a fairly quick impact uh, yeah. you know, on the general environment which is fantastic you were talking about food there and I, you know i absolutely agree with plastic bags you know obviously also packaging as well it's i i shop at the co-op a little bit and it's great to see them now the croissants are in a cardboard box there's still a little film over them you know we've yeah. got to make progress slowly but surely but it's not in a plastic thing it's in a cardboard one yeah. which obviously recycles so much easier doesn't it yeah although i did i did go into the shop the other day and um i actually took a picture of it because i was so astounded there was a a peeled boiled egg in a plastic container and i just thought oh, we, <laughs> that, we need, a, we need that one on our instagram yeah um that that was a really bad move i felt yeah. <laughs> it, it comes in its own packaging um you don't exactly <laughs> oh i mean yeah how frustrating is that yeah yeah um, we, and that, that actually frustrated me over lockdown um where i you know as a as a mum of three children so i was shopping for for five children i'd be limited to a certain number of items that i would have to I couldn't buy, for example, five separate apples because that would take up five of my 85 items. So I would have to buy a bag of apples, yes. which I would never have done previously. Yeah. Um, so, so that was pre pretty frustrating backward step. Um, well, also we see all the plastic PPE that's been used during yes. uh, the pandemic, which is, you know, huge as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. but it's interesting, I was speaking to somebody else who was saying, you know, more and more, how can we turn these into biodegradable substances that at least, you know, can be put somewhere and then biodegrade rather than, you know, be 500 years? Yeah. I, I mean, I know before we were talking about, you know, food and, and where we shop and things. And, and I think we both share a, 
uh, not a passion, but an enjoyment for the gusto meals that come. Yeah. And, and that's again, one of those black and white gray situations, isn't it? I mean, it is. What, what's your thoughts on, on that? So, um, well, A, they're brilliant. They taste lovely. Um, yeah. And it feels like you're going out for a meal and that you're yes. doing some really clever cooking. Um, yeah. And it's not actually that difficult, but but fantastically tasty meals. Um, but um, yeah, I there is probably more packaging with it mm. than, um, than if you were buying it in the supermarket. Mm. Um, Although you know a lot of the a lot of the vegetables that come come loose, so so yeah. I think they do do make a bit make an effort with that. Um, but um, but yeah, for, for me, there's it massively reduces food wastage because mm. um, I don't have to buy a, a whole pot of spice that I'm not going to use the rest of, or um, even a you know a, a vegetable that I might only need a bit of um that's what they'll send me um so so i feel like from from just from my family's point of view there's a lot less food waste wastage it'd be interesting to know as a company how they're managing food waste um mm. whether, whether they have large amounts of food yeah waste. no that would be fascinating i mean it's again being a cop 26 for um when i was there i was looking at the sainsbury's store and they said something like 30 percent of food is is wasted and we've said i absolutely agree with you we've reduced our food wastage massively and it is i remember my mum when i was growing up if i didn't eat all my dinner she said, that's a sin that you've left that because, yeah. and in some ways it you know it is because there is enough food for everyone and yet we have people hungry so I used to rather ashamedly say to her, well, I'll package it off and send it off to wherever needs it, which was a bit unkind. But uh, I've matured a bit. So I don't think I'd say that now anyway. And luckily, <laughs> it's not on Twitter anywhere, so I, I can't have it brought back to uh, haunt me. Um, so I, I think that's definitely an area which is, which is interesting because the number of times you've got two or three potatoes and you find them at the back of the cupboard and, oh, we never ate them and you know yeah you've met they made a mess you've got to throw yeah. them out I, ha I am quite lucky in that my my husband um is very good at making a meal out of anything as well that's oh, left yeah, over yeah, i mean yeah. it, it's it's not always the most beautiful meal but it's edible and it's <laughs> yes, and it's yeah. um um useful because it, it doesn't waste um the leftovers that i'm not inventive enough to to figure out a meal from so uh, and i know again you were saying um you're blessed with three children and we I was looking at one of the posts that Eco Offset <laughs> made and it was something that also came up at, at uh, COP26 about you know use less stuff and keep stuff for longer so we used to do it all the time and now we have some fashion producers that it's kind of wear the dress once and throw it away yeah. being able to hand down I think is and on pastors charity yeah. shops or whatever is and wear them yourself yeah. is, is really important, isn't it? Yeah, well, we, we have a great community in our little village. Um, you know, 
we we hand down clothes i mean there's there's not that much clothes that gets through all three of my children and they're still wearable <laughs> um but but yeah we get a lot of hand-me-downs um through friends in the village to to my eldest daughter and then hand them yeah. hand them all the way down so yeah. um and anything left at the end you know goes to charity or to other people in the village so yeah try and try and uh, and the, we had a bag at the weekend actually and um, my my eldest two just love going going through it and you know get getting their their new I mean, clothes there, not yeah. new. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I have to uh, say to with with a touch of shame that uh, I don't do a great deal of that. And I think as you said at London Vet Show, you didn't realise I was quite that tall. So yeah. <laughs> finding trousers to fit six foot six inch people. Uh, can be difficult at the best of times and sometimes I have to have them made so it's, yeah. it's not one that I've particularly uh, looked at but no. yeah, I think that's the other thing you know sometimes people don't start doing anything because it's such a huge area that they become desperate and go into despair and say well I'm I'm going to blank it out and do nothing actually whatever we do in a positive way makes a difference doesn't it Absolutely. Even those those small steps and and probably most people are doing some things mm. already that they can, you know, feel proud of and, and yeah. celebrate. But um, yeah, it's more about movement, isn't it? It's not staying still, trying to continually move and, and make improvements um, as you go along. Um, just <laughs> assessing, assessing where you are, where you want to get to um, and trying to make those changes. I know on, on the um sustainability podcast I always ask for a little tip at the end and I know you showed me a um a really interesting website before about banks which I've had a little look at perhaps you could tell us a little bit about that and and share yeah. the web address um so um actually um um I first came across this because um I was in London over the summer and there was um the extinction rebellion um protests going on so um me and my kids um we had a little chat with with them to see what what um things they were suggesting as as things that people can do and and one of the things they came up with was uh thinking about what who you bank with um which was not something i'd, I'd thought about before but obviously if you bank with um a bank then you're effectively supporting them um they've you've you're giving them money to look after and to to use and a lot of the banks um are supporting fossil fuel industries so um really looking at um who who you could bank with um and uh, who might be better for you to to bank with so the the website was bank.green um that you can look at and you can see how green your um your bank is um and if you're thinking of moving banks how green that bank is so so um it's a really useful tool and i've just tested a few of these out as we as we speak and i know you've got your business bank with metro quite a new bank on the high street and they actually score very well for green so you're yeah. also walking your your talk as well yeah yeah um yeah, absolutely. My my accountant wanted me to move to another bank, but that was less green. So I've uh, yeah. I've decided to stick for now with Metro. Um, Brilliant. I've really enjoyed the chat. I think it's it's great just to talk these things through. I get uh, enthusiastic hearing what everybody else is doing as well. Together, we can all achieve so much, can't we? 
Um, and I think this has been really helpful advice. Uh, I've also already been using the bank one. There's some good things, some bad, some bad things amongst that. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely go and and study that a bit more. And obviously, the other one, which I think is something we're really trying to encourage practices to look at, is you know go for the green energy, get some solar panels on your roof if you can, a, a wildflower meadow or wildflower pots as people come in. You know, as vets, we have a great responsibility because i think people trust us and if they see we as lover of animals are also caring about the environment i think it can be a real encouragement for members of the public as well can't it yeah absolutely um i think that that's really important and 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 possibly a future um area that we need to think about as well is obviously pet ownership has a a, a footprint as well um mm. and and perhaps looking at sustain more sustainable ways of feeding our pets for example um, might be an area that we need to look at but yes certainly uh, green energy is is a, an area we need to to think about in our practices absolutely Camille, you've given me another idea for a podcast so <laughs> thank you for that really appreciate your time i know how busy you are and uh, look forward to, to seeing you very soon take care bye-bye thank you